Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. We just want to say a quick thank you for either watching on YouTube or listening on any of the major podcasting platforms. Uh, your support is really helpful. And as always, if you ever have any questions or comments, stuff that you want us to cover, questions you want us to answer, please let me know. My email address is in the comments of the episode. So please check that out and let us know what you'd like to see or hear in the podcast. Today we are continuing on with our series on temptation. And to do that, I'm going to be having a conversation with our lead pastor, Brad Kendall. So thank you for being with us today. You're welcome. And we're just going to be talking about um, temptation as it was phrased. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was reading through uh, A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Um, that book was big uh, 10, 15 years ago-ish. Yeah, um, 90s. Well, when, when you say big, it was the biggest seller ever outside of the Bible. <laughs> right, for a while, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, uh, yeah, in the 90s is yeah. when it came out, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I I'd read it several years ago um, and really enjoyed it. And so I, w- I had just kind of been coming back to it um, over the la- a couple months ago. And he had a chapter that was focused on temptation. And, I, and that was part of what uh, moved me to kind of do this temptation series. So I'm just going to go through some of the stuff that he talked about with temptation. Good. And we're just going to dialogue about it um, because there's some really interesting stuff about what temptation is and different ways that we can think about it. So one of the first things he said was that, um, and this is actually the line that he opened the chapter with, is he said that every temptation is an opportunity to do good. And that was really interesting for me. Like, I don't know what, what that makes you think, but like, I've always thought of temptation as like only a negative thing. I've never thought of the inverse of the opportunity that temptation offers. Yeah. I, I I love the fact that he said that. What that brings to mind for me is the only way to fight temptation is to turn your eyes to God. Mm. And so every temptation is an opportunity to deepen our focus on God mm-hmm. and thus the great the great gift of it. Um I liken it to um mountain biking. I, I like it's to always mount- biking with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And, and okay. I've, used, I've used this illustration before, but it, it's worth repeating. Um, and this happened to me this morning. So when, and, and this is true for golf, baseball, so many different things. Um, you, you will hit where you focus. Mm-hmm. And in mountain biking, you have um, trees and boulders and, uh, and there's a trail that you want to be on. And if you keep your eye on the trail, you stay on the trail. Yeah. Once you take your eyes off and focus on the thing that might be an obstacle, if you focus on the obstacle, you'll hit the obstacle. Right. If you focus on um, that which you're most afraid of, I turned a corner and I saw this rock and I was like, oh, that would be a bummer to hit that. And <laughs> What did I do? I hit it. <laughs> and, and so we, we always focus on what we hit on. Yeah. And so I, we always hit what we focus. And so temptation is that opportunity to say, oh, I need to choose what I'm going to focus on now. And, uh, and that's the way to move through it. It, it, it deepens our faith. Sure. Yeah. 
See, then one of the next things he said that um, while temptation is Satan's primary weapon to destroy you, God wants to use it to develop you. God develops the fruit of, your, of the Spirit in your life by allowing you to experience circumstances in which you're tempted to express the exact opposite quality. Mm. Character development always involves a choice, and temptation provides that opportunity. And that was just so interesting mm. to me. I mean, I've heard it similar phrasings about the, the fruit of the Spirit, especially patience. Like, people say that when you pray for patience, God will test mm-hmm. your patience. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of true with temptation, too. Like, it, it, it can lead to a bad thing, but it can also lead to developing good characteristics in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually... It, it's hard. It, it's a hard thing to kind of... It's a hard nuance to talk about because we never want to, like, celebrate temptation. You know, it's right. not a good thing. Right, and it's not eternal. Right. You know, um... We're not going to be tempted in heaven. Yeah. Um, in, in, we're not going to be tempted in the eternal uh, New Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet, in this life, the Holy Spirit does use temptation um, to help us experience what true freedom is. Mm-hmm. Um, true freedom is, in our culture, we think of freedom is... The ability to just choose whatever you want, and so you know, in our in our country, you have complete freedom uh, to watch porn. You know, it's you, you have complete freedom to have illicit sex, do drugs. You know, I mean, there are laws against some of these things, but there, there's freedom to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that's not real freedom, right? Real freedom is to uh, to choose the good. Yeah. Real freedom is, is to choose, and, and when I say good, I, I, good is never disconnected from God. Mm-hmm. And so real freedom is the, um, the ability to move through time and space and say, I will choose the way of Christ, um, even though I have these other uh, temptations along the way that want to entice me away from Christ. You know, it's kind of the, the brilliance of um, Pilgrim's Progress you know, is that, that story of Christian who, uh, forgive me, I, I'm con- confession, I've never <laughs> met, read Pilgrim's Progress, but I know that. I haven't either. <laughs> I, I know the gist of the story because my dear wife loves the story, loves it. She's read it. Um, but he's tempted, you know, he's, he's, he's going, moving on a journey toward God, and he's tempted all the time to take his eyes off the way. Mm. And... Uh, and every time he takes his eyes off the way and, and begins to be enticed by temptation, he ends up actually not in freedom. He ends up in bondage. And that's when we don't choose the good, we end up in bondage all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think it was Tim, Timothy Keller who phrased freedom like this. He said something like, freedom is not the absence of boundaries or any rules. It's finding the boundaries that make sense mm. so you can thrive within them. And he used the example of like, a fish. I mean, mm. you can take a yeah. fish out of water and maybe that's free. That <laughs> fish is going to die. Right, right, right. Sure, sure. It's, I mean, that's maybe, you know, the extreme example of it. But, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, we do need boundaries. That's healthy. Mm-hmm. Like parents, you know, try to prevent their kids from sticking their fingers in the wall sockets because right. they'll get electrified right. or whatever. So 
boundaries are healthy and temptation, mm -hmm. you know, tries to get us to exceed that. Um, another interesting thing that Rick Warren said was, every time you defeat a temptation, you become more like Jesus. And that's really encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a small thing. It's not, a, well, it's not a small thing to say, but it's a relatively simple thing to say, but it's true. And I think mm -hmm. we often don't give ourselves credit for that. Mm -hmm. um, or at least I know I struggle with giving myself credit for that, of saying, like, no, I resisted that. I said no to that. Mm -hmm. I could have said yes, but I said no. That was becoming a little bit more Christ-like. Right. Um, and I think we can do more to encourage each other, too, to say, hey, you resisted that. Mm -hmm. Way to go. That was I, more Christ-like. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you found that. I, and I think, I think we do find that in the journey. Um, and, you know, if, if you, you know, have a, a huge mountain to climb and, uh, and you figure out a way on the, on the mountain to, you know, scale a particular passageway, you realize, okay, I learned to navigate that in a way that wasn't dangerous to me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I can pat myself on the back or you probably start by thanking the Lord to, yes. <laughs> to help me move through that obstacle. Um, and that makes me think of something that now just left my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it comes back, just yeah, uh, bring yeah, it yeah. back up again. So, um, so then Rick Warren also kind of details four different steps of temptation and how it kind of manifests and progresses in our lives. And so, um, First thing is kind of Satan identifies a desire inside you. Um, and sometimes this is a sinful desire. So kind of like you mentioned earlier, like doing drugs or illicit sex or those kinds of things. Um, those are sinful, sinful desires. Sometimes temptation, though, targets desires that aren't necessarily inherently evil. Like, right. it's a good thing to want to work and gain income to provide for your family and, you know, pay the bills. But that can also turn into greed over right. time. Um, and so what do you think about that? Um, how, how do you discern what's a sinful desire and what's a natural desire that's potentially being corrupted? Oh, that's a great question. Um, hmm. I would say that's the way, well, the way we discern God's will is we start with Christ, mm -hmm. okay? And so start with Jesus as the understanding of that which is the way to be most human. So G Jesus is, I like to say, the most human human. <laughs> yes. And, and we really understand what it is to be human mm -hmm. uh, in Christ. Um, God's word tells us about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. And that's how you come to know anyone. You come to know who they are and what, what they do, what they've done. Their, our actions bespeak um, the type of person we are. So we look to Christ, we look to his word, and then we trust that the Holy Spirit is with us um, to guide us, um, and that is the, the, the spirit of Christ. Um, drawing us and conforming us to the likeness of Christ, um, sanctifying us—that's uh, that's the big church word. Mm -hmm. You know, make it conforming us to be more and more like Christ. Another way we could say is, we could say is, um, we become more holy. But holy, holy means is just uh, loving God 
more and loving others more in the manner of Christ. And so on the, you know, in the journey of temptation, we um, go on this, we keep our eyes on Christ. His word kind of helps us see where the boundaries are. And the Holy Spirit is actually living in us, giving the power, giving us the power to keep our eyes on Christ. And in so doing, we're molded and shaped into his likeness. Now, did I answer? Did I, what was the question you answered? Um, the, identifying the difference between sinful desires and like neutral desires that can be corrupted. Yeah, so that's that's an interesting thing because I always uh, I like to re- remind myself and everyone else. I learned this from C.S. Lewis. Um, Satan doesn't really care if you're an axe murderer or an, or a workaholic. Mm-hmm. All he cares is that you keep your eyes off of Christ. Yeah, and so if you know. I've seen parents who have begun to idolize their children. And so their children become... Any time um, something good becomes the most important thing mm-hmm. is a victory for Satan. Yeah. Um, when, when we make a good thing and make it the ultimate thing, then we're out of bounds. Because yeah. the only ultimate thing is God. Um, the only ultimate thing is Christ. And so any, you know, we could take this podcast, we could take the growth of Faith Covenant Church, we could take our money, we could take football. Satan will use anything at his disposal mm-hmm. uh, to help um, us t- take our eyes off of Christ. Yeah. When I think it was C.S. Lewis in the Screwtape Letters that wrote something like, the best road to hell is the most gradual... Yeah. Like, easiest, most chill, gentle, downward slope. So, I mean, it's not that Satan's, like, trying to make us the worst possible, you know, next iteration of Hitler. Satan just wants us to not be headed towards God. Right. And if if Satan can do that by making our lives super comfortable and right. cushy, so be it. Satan yeah. will do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah, there's lots of things you could say about that. So that's kind of that first step is Satan identifying a desire within you. Um, and a part of that is that um, it, it sometimes we think of temptation being around us and there are maybe tempting influences, but ultimately it starts within us of identifying mm-hmm. a desire that we may have, whether it's a sinful desire or a more neutral de- or natural desire that gets corrupted. Um, it starts within us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not just that, you know, we get rid of every possible negative influence around us. There may be some value to that. Mm-hmm. But even if we go live a hermit's life away from all corruptive media or music or film or whatever, out in the middle of the wilderness by ourselves, we can be tempted. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened with Jesus. <laughs> right, right. Um I, I heard a pastor once say that say, Satan has designer bait for each of us. Yes. And, and that is a, a, according to what's going on in our own hearts. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's why um, the, the scriptures speak so specifically to um, having a heart for God. Mm-hmm. I know David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man who gave into temptation and committing adultery with Bathsheba, arranging the murder of her husband, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and, and so he, there was something in here mm-hmm. 
that um, the the enemy uh, used to draw his eyes away from God. And yeah, I went. To, I was with a. Uh, 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 let's see, how would I put it? A um, a Franciscan who lived in a in a hermitage at a Benedictine monastery. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he said to me is, he said, "You know what? Out here in the desert, uh, the, these monks are just as fallen as <laughs> every other person, and they're yep. getting up seven times a day to pray the scriptures. Yeah, and they still struggle. Yeah, and." We have to say, okay, um, God's not surprised at that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God's not looking in, down at, uh, at us and saying, oh, like, look at what they've now imagined to do. <laughs> you know, um, he's not surprised. And, and yet, nothing new under the sun. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, Rick Drink, uh, who's a member here at Faith, you know, he likes to say, uh, we, we have... Excuses, but no lack of resources. Mm. I've always remembered that. Um, yeah, we we have the resources of the Holy Spirit to fight temptation, and what we do, what anyone does when they're when they give in to temptation, is they they find a way to justify. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm tired. It, in in um, recovery circles, I don't know if you've used this yet in the podcast, but there's the uh, acronym HALT, and it's really helpful for, for addicts, but I think it is relevant to all of us, because we're all addicted to sin in one sense. Um, and so the acronym is hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Mm-hmm. So when we're hungry, angry, and lo- lonely or tired, Satan comes at us with full force. Yep. And it's in those times when we need to be most surrendered to the Lord. Well, and I mean, that's that's what we talked a little bit about last week in the episode about the temptation of Jesus. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. He was hungry. Like, the scripture says that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when Satan approached Jesus. It's like, well, now's maybe the most vulnerable Jesus ever might be because he's really hungry. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Didn't go well for Satan. No. No, <laughs> it didn't. Yeah. It didn't hit him on day three. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, the next step that Rick Warren identifies, and there are multiple ways to think about temptation, but this is just his way, um, is step two is kind of thinking about doubt, as in doubting what God has said about sin. And I think you just addressed that a little bit in saying that, you know, what did you say? And now it left my brain. It was, it was um, uh, brilliant, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just getting... Uh, trying to get us to doubt what God has said about sin. Justifying, that's what I was saying. Oh, sure. You, you talked about how, you know, we do everything we can to sometimes justify um, what we're doing because we're hungry or we're tired or whatever. Um, the third step of temptation. Could, could, oh, could, yeah. I, could I speak to that just for a second? Because yeah. I know when I give in to temptation um, and doubt is part of the product process, mm-hmm. um, what, what I do is I, I doubt... Either I, I doubt God's word, um, or I doubt something about an attribute of God, um, and what one of the best solutions to that I found is um, to a great here. This is interesting. This is worth the price of admission today, everybody. 
um, to the free podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to look at uh, the truth of my own depravity. Okay, so there's nothing I can do. I'm, I'm depraved. I'm, there's nothing I could do in my own being to ever earn God's love. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm, I'm, as Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one's good. He was good. But, you know, the, all of humanity, we're, we're, we're all, the wages of sin is death. We're all uh, guilty, okay? I've found great freedom in not doubting that. And it kind of goes with the idea of speaking truth to your own weakness. Mm. Um, so in, in AA, um, you know, and when an alcoholic uh, speaks in an AA meeting, they start off and they say, hi, my name is so-and-so, and everyone says, hi, so-and-so. I'm an alcoholic. I've been, you know, 24 hours without a drink or something like that. Um, but the, the, the gift, actually, is for them to say, I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's speaking truth to the fictions we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me to start, um, you know, because what we do is we doubt we're sinners. Mm, yeah. And, uh, and and Satan wants to say, well, you're not that bad of a person. You're not an axe murderer. You don't cheat on your taxes much. You know, you, you recycle. <laughs> but if, if a great gift we give ourselves is saying, um, there's a, a prayer that I say. It's an old, an ancient prayer. That, that they call it the Jesus prayer. Um, Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And um, I say that prayer a lot. And actually... That's a good, I found that to be very freeing because mm-hmm. I'm a sinner. I need you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And he's like, absolutely. I know you're a sinner. You're not yeah. telling me anything. <laughs> Surprise. And, <laughs> and guess what? You have me. Yeah. And, and I'm, I love you and I'm here. And so you don't need, yes, you're a sinner, but you don't need to doubt me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for what it's worth. Yeah, good stuff. Um, the third uh, step of temptation that Rick Warren identifies is deception, where Satan will just outright lie about yeah, anything, yeah. whether the lie about mm-hmm. the thing that you're being tempted to do or lie about yourself and your own ability to resist that. Um, the lie will take any and every form. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't know what else you, <laughs> you say to that. And then the fourth step of temptation is just that final step of disobedience, of stepping into or giving into whatever that may be. If I could speak to the lie for a yeah. second, because you don't you don't know the lie unless you've been told the truth. Yes, and and so that's I'm, I'm preaching this week on growing in God's word, and you know the great uh, the great gift of God's word is it tells us the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's a lie to believe you're not a sinner. Yeah, I, and I, I that's so not. Um, kosher to say these days mm-hmm. um but but the the scriptures say no 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 you, you need to understand this is you know if if you need to get somewhere it's good to know where you are mm-hmm. um uh on a gps or on a map well the scriptures are just so you know here's where you are <laughs> here's where you're starting from <laughs> yeah the the, the, the only here <laughs> right yeah the, the only thing you deserve that's another life a lie 
is, um, well, I deserve God's love. I deserve to be with God forever. I deserve this thing I'm, the temptation I'm going to participate in right now. I deserve these things. Well, the one thing we deserve is hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, and that's, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're listening to this and you, and you don't come from a biblical worldview or you don't have much knowledge of the scriptures, you might think, I don't like anything that the guy in the tan pants is saying right now. <laughs> um, but just if you go on a journey, it's actually a great gift to learn a bunch of these things. But you won't know them. You won't, you won't know them if you're just what I, if, you, if you're seeking to navigate life just by your gut, <laughs> you know? Um, God didn't design us to be, you know, shoot from the, I call shoot from the hip living. Yep. You know, we, we are designed to be guided by the truth. Yep. It's a great gift to receive, you know, I was going this way. I thought it was the right way. Um, in fact, Kevin told me it was the right way. And so, someone who knows the right way comes up to me and says, Kevin was lying to you. No, you're supposed to go that way. Well, that's a great gift to receive Sorry. that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for watching or for listening. And let us know if you have any questions, comments, or anything else that you want us to cover in the podcast. My email address is listed down below in the episode description. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful and blessed day.